poor unfortunate soul. Thomas. Hi, Elliot. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm getting over my little sickness. My cute little voice sounds a little bit raspy-daspy tonight. A little rasp-dasp? So... (laughs) Apologies for the clits and clots of Muka's throat. I also lied, so apologies, because I'm not doing okay, and neither are you, because we live in an active settler colonial state, and I think we should just talk about it for a super brief second. Right off the bat? Disrupt. Before we get into our show, um, I'm sure that mostly everyone listening knows, hopefully that's the case, but currently, right now, as you're listening to this, as I'm saying this, out west in Canada on the Wet'suwet'en Nation, the Coastal Gas Link and the RCMP are forcibly removing Indigenous people from their own land, which is unceded, which does not belong to Canada, which is in direct, um, what's the word? It, it's indirect Opposition. Thank you. Direct opposition to Article 10 of the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People, which literally states that no Indigenous person shall be forcibly removed from their own land, and Wet'suwet'en Nation is their own land. So... So that's happening, like, right now. Right. Um, and um, it should be said, I know you were probably going to say this, so I'm going to step on your toes like I usually please, do. But crunch, crunch. there's sort of, like, an um, a new update every 20 minutes on this case. Yes. So we really encourage you to go out and see what you can do to um, find out information on what's happening and share information. Thank you. Um, and on top of that, too, the sharing, um, you can donate to both of the checkpoints to Unistoten and get them done checkpoint because they need legal funds um there is a link through that if you follow get them done checkpoint on instagram that's g-i-d-i-m-t-e-n underscore checkpoint on instagram they have all the updates everything phone numbers i really quickly want to read if i may yeah read out the phone numbers of just a couple of people that should be contacted as well as the script for what to say. Um, also, I should say, I said Gaslink and RCMP. Coastal Gaslink isn't, like, it's obviously the RCMP are the ones doing the force removal, but this is, of course, in conjunction with um, Coastal Gaslink and the pipeline that they're trying to put through. So, I have some phone numbers, and if everyone listening to this could just take a couple minutes, pause it right now, and you're going to call John Horgan, who's the premier of British Columbia, at 250 250- Three eight seven one seven one five, and a few things that you can say. Sorry, Tom, would you like to? Oh, I was just gonna say maybe Jesse, if you don't mind, we can put that in the episode notes or something, so it's easily accessible. Yes, and there will be other numbers in the episode notes okay. of other ministers that you should call. Um, just so I don't have to say them here, but thank you, Jesse. And I just have a little script that everyone could go off of. We can also post it, so I don't read the whole thing. Okay, great. Basically, though. Just say I'm calling to ask that your government uphold your commitment to the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and respect Wet'suwet'en land by withdrawing the RCMP from Wet'suwet'en Nation and cancelling Coastal Gaslink's permits. Super simple, very easy to say, incredibly accurate because they should be upholding international human rights law. And then it continues and it also ends with like the fact that it's also unethical to be putting a pipeline in in a global climate emergency, of course. which is what this is. Um, yeah, so so that's that. That's happening right now. And if you want to do more, there's sort of there's rallies, there's protests around everywhere. If you're living in Canada, if you're li- certainly if you're living in a big city in Canada, there's occupations going on at at government buildings and certainly across train tracks exactly. across the nation right now, which is which is exciting. The it, call. It, I know it's an inconvenience, but it, it should be an inconvenience. Exactly, it should be inconvenience. The calls to shut it down and what a lot of um, Indigenous people on Twitter are saying is that 
don't panic and don't give in to any sort of rhetoric that media are saying about the shutdown being violent or necessitating panic, but take it as a rest day when you can't travel, when everything is shut down. Um, And I saw one tweet that said, why don't you read the TRC, the Truth and Reconciliation document, um, in the time that you're not doing anything. So... Yeah, that's that's going on right now. Just a few more things. And that the latest update is that around 80 individuals have been arrested at Wet'suwet'en camps, which is that's 80 individual cases of human international rights laws being broken. And on top of that, Canada is a nation that has pledged itself to um, truth and reconciliation and also uh, decolonization. And what we're seeing right now is active colonization mm-hmm. and reconciliation is dead. Mm-hmm. dead. So dead there's no coming back from this one no um thank you is that yes is that a wrap for yes that's uh, a wrap uh, i just want to just quickly before we dive into this silly dilly episode i think it's important to start off with something like this just because it is disrupting our podcast in a way it's i mean it's not a lot but it's at least something we can do and just to bring it back to how this fits in with dickwick Mm mm-hmm if I may, please. Like I think we discovered really, really fast off the bat, off the pitch from starting this podcast that um, queer, being queer, isn't about just self-expression. Being queer is is a, a political movement. It's mm-hmm. standing up for anyone in the margins, um, and uh, no one's no one's free until we all are. Exactly. There is there is a, a movement um, in the academy and beyond where queerness isn't taken as an identity any longer or ever but queerness is a praxis or an action it's it's a way right. of existing it's not just who you are so you actually have to do queerness i, I love that like so much, queer actually. things so yeah okay i have one more little thing if you permit me and then we'll uh we'll um shuffle things up yeah get into it bit, for sure that's all right of course um so i just wanted to reach out for a friend of mine who works at uh, Kennedy House, which is a homeless youth shelter in the city in Toronto here. And they're doing a fundraiser called The Coldest Night of the Year. And it's a walk that raises money for folks in our community who need help. Um, some of them are hungry, more than a few hurting, and regrettably some who are homeless too. Adults, moms, kids, seniors, and youth. And I think it's important to say that um, queer people are disproportionately re- represented in the homeless population here in Toronto. We're actually seeing about a 40% rise in homeless population identifying as a member of the LGBTQS+. A lot of them are trans, certainly most. a lot of them are gay and lesbian, and at, the, at Kennedy Shelter in particular, they're actually one of the only shelters that offer youth private bedrooms uh, so that they, if they are transitioning or they plan to transition, they do have um, privacy. They're also one of the only youth shelters that has an in-house mental health worker to help youth come out to their parents and friends as well as help them with transition um so wow yeah so the kennedy house is putting together a team to do this walk on the coldest night of the year on february 22nd 2020 um if you want more information you should check out the kennedy house youth service website or their instagram or facebook page which we'll put in the episode notes as well Jesse got that episode notes. Kennedy House. Thank you. Tom. We're making Jesse work really hard tonight. It's the first time he's ever done anything. He's so, so wetting in that corner. <laughs> Jesse, don't smile. You're not allowed to. Tom, thank you for that. That's really important. And again, least you can do type situation. Sure. Um, okay. So now we're gonna switch. It's it's always our flavor. Yeah. We're gonna turn this weird page. We're gonna switch up the genre. We're gonna queer up genre in particular let's do it let's i love jesse that. walked in in the most faggoty coat possible tonight and it really just gave me 
<laughs> so much life to be the biggest Valentine faggot I could ever believe in. I just want our I want our listeners to picture like it was so form fitting. It it hugged his hips in all the right ways. There was a bit of a shoulder puff pad, and it like went down past his knees. It was just. He looked like an X-Men if they were really cold. Yes, yes. Storms out of control and <laughs> yeah. they have to stop her. Like Gambit in an avalanche, maybe? <laughs> Literally, that's what it is. Okay, perfect. Motion to change Jesse's name to Gambit. Motion approved. Bending, perfect. I absolutely love that, especially because I know that he does not understand the reference. Um, now might be a good time to ask you, you giggly fucking queer, what's your color today? <laughs> Oh, my color today is rich. No, it's not. It isn't. It's light. It's very light. It's like icy blue, like like Ugh. trickle, like Elsa slippers, kind of. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sort of like prancing on top of like a frozen lake and I'm just feeling really prancy, dancy, faggot maggot. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm just like ready to take on the world in the winter by storm. I'm overwhelmed with sensory images right now, Tom. That was yeah. fucking fantastic. I've been like really like chilling out recently and it's just like, it's bringing me some joy. I gotta say. Yeah. I have to say your, your normal silence. That's like indicative of, of a malaise. I was like, Tom, what's wrong? You're like, Oh, nothing, which <laughs> yeah, is like super strange and awesome. Yeah. 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 I love that for you. Okay. Well, here we are. What's what your a, color? What a journey. My color is, uh, deep tangy mustard not just because I'm wearing that color I just feel very like 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 stuck on the back of your taste buds I love this you know I love a tangy mustard mm, just so tangy to dip like a pretzel in yeah, absolutely or like a twink dick I have the little seeds I'm homemade there's like a fresh seal on me so when you pop me off you know that like someone put love and care into just crafting my tanginess that's right oh so you're the mustard with like the really chunky seedy mustard yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Per- like perhaps like a gray poupon yeah they're gonna get stuck in your teeth probably I, i'm not gonna go down without a fight no you never have and i and yeah. i shan't ask that you believe that so but also it's weird about you because you will go down with a fight i will <laughs> yes i'll fight and go down i'll go yeah. down then fight and you'll fight to go down I'm, that is the one thing tom <laughs> that i'll always fight for thank you for seeing me i feel very very seen um, you know All right, what? you mustard poppy. Let's just jump right into this tangy, <laughs> zangy mess. That's not a word. Do any other updates? I'm wondering, like, we're fr- we're sort of framing this Valentine's Day episode strangely, which I think we is haven't a- even said appropriate is. for Valentine's Day because I don't know what 10% of the population actually buys into it. Right. Literally but, buys. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it is all about capitalism, isn't it? Oh. It all comes full oh, circle. Cancel my plans. Yeah, cancel your subscription to this podcast. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Valentine's Day. How do you feel about Valentine's Day? I'm sure we've already covered it in episodes um, of yore. But... Yes, we definitely have. Um, and I don't remember what I said, which is great, because it maybe has changed. Mm-hmm. I don't have a feeling about it. I am always nervous that... People who are alone are going to feel shittier. Yeah. I worry about queer people having to see so much straightness, but let's be real, that's every fucking day. So it's like we're probably all pretty used to it. What do you feel about queering the hetero patriarchy by queer people, sort of like taking over Valentine's Day by storm? I love, and that was our like spin on this episode, which I love, but I am also of the camp of like sometimes it might just be best to desert things. Like yeah. maybe maybe Valentine's Day can't be rescued. <laughs> That's by being such an queer. Aquarius thing to say. Yeah, I'm really good at just walking away. Apparently. Yeah, you are. Um. So 
yeah so i'm i'm of both minds but what i will say and i've been thinking about this for a while like it's nice to celebrate things as someone who's recently discovering how to be happy again i don't always have to dislike a communal event Okay, um, this doesn't sound like you. No, something, something's Did something wrong. Did something body swap you? Something's going on. But, uh, yeah, like, just, like, so for Valentine's Day, like, it's nice to celebrate love. And even taking that beyond romantic love, like, it's nice to take stock of who you have in your life. I don't know. That stuff sounds nice. Sure, I like that. Tom, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm on. I'm in more of the camp of, and maybe it's just because of, like, the phase I'm in in my life right now, but I'm more in the camp of, like... Let's let's be festive and celebrate. Like everything is doom and gloom and terrible mm-hmm. in the world right now. It is a literal hellfire. So like, if there's a reason or an, a night or a day to go out and celebrate love, like literally love, like okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm I instantly maybe, transformed. Maybe because I am in love and I never am. So I don't know if there's a twinkle in your eye as you said that. Tom. Twink in my eye. But the twink in your eye. Oh, did he did he finish there? Do you want to go wash that out for a second? Um, <laughs> I'm instantly transformed. I am very excited for Valentine's Day now. You don't placate me. No, I actually am. And I should also say, shout out to local Toronto artist and queen herself. Ralph is playing in Toronto. Um, I don't know if there's still tickets available, but it's on actual Valentine's Day. So that's Friday the 14th. Come see me and my partner at Ralph. Enjoy yourself, Elliot. I shall. And Timothy. Yeah, we shall. Oh, Thomas. (sighs) Okay, so here's what happened leading up to this episode. We sort of asked listeners and non-listeners to write in with any cute love stories, poems, questions, anything that any queer love surrounding Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did get some submissions, and so we've chosen a few to read. Let's do it. Um, Elliot, would you care to lead us off with um, a cute story? I will lead off with a story. We'll we'll decide how it reads after, um, whether it's cute or not. This is an anonymous story. So. This is the one we discussed that would go first, right? Correct. Okay. Now I'm realizing it's not, and I just <laughs> said correct. It is. This one is very cute. Thank you for that. I'm glad that we have that little introduction. And we're... I did say I would MC this portion, so that was a little bit on me. You can try your hardest. Okay. You still can't push me in the right direction. How dare you queer my order? I will do whatever the fuck I want. Listen. This is from Sophie. Hi, I have a queer love story for y'all. My name is Sophie, and this is a story of how I met the love of my life. It all started in 2013. I was living in Whistler, BC, but was home for a visit and had recently met a fun new pal who loved being a bar star just as much as I did back then. Shout out Clay. He and I bonded over our love of vodka sodas, today's pop hits, and mutual queerness. One night- Oh, I love all those things. Me too. Also, Jesse, I have like milk throat. Can I have some water? Thank you very much. Sorry to everyone. I need you to unscrew the top. Jesse just pointed at a bottle. Yeah, like I don't understand. I don't understand how it's gonna help me. Thank you. Now he's literally. Oh, now you're just being obnoxious, Mm. Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Okie doke. One night while out at the club, in quotes, don't know why. Oh, formerly known as the Velvet Underground, he introduced me to a high school friend of his, smoking hot gay hockey girl. In brackets. Oh, I'm listening. Right. That's basically you. (laughs) literally is basically you um and she and i hit it off we ended up making out on the dance floor exactly how all great love stories start cute long story short i invite her to an after party at my friend's place and she ended up going down on me in my friend's bathroom yep. then then she got picked up by her mom lol the next day i went back to Whistler. wait while on the bathroom no floor? i'm her mom came in and picked her up pretty certain that that didn't happen um it didn't say picked her up off the floor anyway 
Thomas. The next day, I went back to Whistler and she went back to Vermont where she played D1 women's hockey. I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about sports. Um, And we didn't see each other again for five years. Wow. Um, About a year and a half ago in August, I'm working the bar at one of the bars on Victoria Row. This is in Prince Edward Island, obviously. And she walks in with her friends. I don't know why I said obviously. No one would know that except for me. It's not obvious. This is No, we like your personal commentary. Prince Edward Island. Um, And she walks in with her friends. She's not the smoothest talker. She'll agree with me. So we had a very awkward encounter, but she was so damn cute. I said yes to hanging out with her. We hung out the next day, kissed. She went back to Hamilton, Ontario, where she was living at the time. We texted every day. I went out to visit her several times, and as all lesbian relationships go, I moved out to Hamilton in January to live with her. Like, (laughs) Since then, we've done lots of traveling together, and even literally U-hauled from Hamilton to Charlottetown. Can I interrupt? You just did um, an incoherent groan. It was a groan of joy. It was a groan of joy. I love this story so much. Thank you for interpreting my noises. I didn't realize that was completely just escaped me. Um, okay, so they literally U-hauled from Hamilton to Charlottetown. It's been a little over a year. We have two cats and a dog and live in Charlottetown. Oh, mm. that's so fucking cute. And then also it gets even cuter. So um, I was chatting with Sophie after and was like, oh my God, thank you for the for the letter. And she was like, if you'd want to toss my little pumpkin of V-Day shout out at the end of the story, her name is Jess. And she doesn't know I wrote in our story. Um... Little oh, pumpkin, Jess, you pumpkin, little Sweet pumpkin, angel baby. Anyway, that's really fucking cute. Oh, can we shout out their dogs and cats too? That's adorable. I I, I don't know their names. I just did it. But I okay, thank you. <laughs> They're gonna appreciate that. Actually, Tom, I can hear meowing and yelping right now. Um, that's so cute. Um, I love that story. Yeah, Sophie, thank you a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I it's very um trans provincial. It is trans provincial. I um I definitely thought that we'd we'd get less cute stories. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I don't like the binary. Let's all shut that down. But I feel like lesbians have such cuter stories than we have. Mm-hmm. We have like putrid garbage fire stories. Literally, my story is that my ex boyfriend invited my current partner Timothy to my birthday and then tried to fuck him that night. That's how that's how I met my current life partner. And like that's just like a run of the mill gay story. Yeah, I, yeah, that's I didn't know that actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really fucked up. I that makes me really uncomfortable. I hate that. Well, when I say tried to fuck, I mean lightly suggested during our intercourse that my boyfriend join, who was upstairs at the party on my own birthday. Sorry, uh, sorry, your now boyfriend then join. Thank you. Yeah, that Timothy join me and my ex partners, uh, not so raucous basement love making on my birthday. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't like that. No, I don't. I don't. Saying it out loud, I don't love it. So, um, lesbians won me zero. I guess <laughs> like, that's a tell to your memoir. Literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got something ready. Regalus, get it? That's pretty good. Thank you. Put that in the episode title, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Little BTS. Um, now I've lost the. It's okay. I can fill it with incoherent awful. noises if you'd like. Of cuteness. I can't believe I... <laughs> okay, here we go. Just joking. Back on track. Let's not cut that because we're like... Scrappy raw and cute. And scrappy. I'm literally raw right now. <laughs> Wait, actually you're not. You were just begging to bottom yeah, to me. Yeah, I literally was begging to bottom. Just, but right before we started recording, and 
I just want to touch on this before I go into this yes. story. Okay. That you mentioned that you were douching for three and a half hours yesterday, which is an extremely <laughs> long time to douche. And then didn't end up bottoming. So I'm just wondering. I <laughs> literally can't believe you're doing this to me right now. I can't. I've never felt more attacked. I've never felt more attacked. I, I will explain because this definitely deserves an explanation. Doctors, beware. Um, okay. In order to tell this story properly, I have to go back a week. I got salmonella and I shit my brains out for a full day. And then after the salmonella, I don't know what happened to my body, but then I didn't shit for four days. I wish I was joking. For four full days. Wait, why? Oh, because there's nothing in your body. There's nothing in my body, and I don't know. I think salmonella takes a while to get out, even, like, and I didn't get antibiotics, so... You're a salmon fella. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, I need to... I need to come back from that, Thomas. I fucking hate you. Genius. Okay, so... Where was I? I... Didn't shit for Didn't four days. And then- I also think it's it's. I'm not eating uh, gluten or dairy or drinking or having coffee because my body's like panicking. Just eating like dandelions and whispers. Like okay. basically, uh, yeah. So then I douched, and it was like, like even after the. I'm not proud of this. I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. But even after like the sixth round, like the water was not clear. Nor was it close to being clear. Oh, I see. I can't believe you just outed me. I feel like I'm never going to bottom again. Like, <laughs> please don't stigmatize please. me for having salmonella. Please. Everyone. <sighs> oh. Do you never crave just, like, dick in your ass? No, I don't think so. No. No. Like, I couldn't think straight today. Like, for real. Um... Do you know what? Because I'm a Gemini, sometimes if I see, like, a really attractive, like large like big guy i might like it might go through my head Mm -hmm. because i might would i may rather bottom yes yes but but then when i actually think about the act of it i don't know i don't think so i get that same feeling sometimes i'm just like i like i become just my whole like there's like nothing else in my body when i see someone like that do you know what i mean yeah i mean that all checks out for you okay well can we continue because i feel (laughs) increasingly attacked by you i'm not attacking you i'm just like celebrating you i what an immense like um undertaking yeah yeah like you really came out on top i'm literally (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) so the end of that that story is that i ended up topping yeah and not bottoming but yeah yeah i did come out on top and at least i had a clean uh, clean um, uh, bill of health thank you <laughs> sorry i know just rattling know. it off today thomas i know i Kay. love attention okay listen here's a got? story that i got um he, i'll just dive right in Ooh. <clears throat> here's my story you can share on your podcast in light of this romantic and festive time of year enjoy so here we go One night, I was alone at a bar in the village, mildly drunk. I'd escaped a social outing at a neighboring venue and felt like going on a hunt for some sexy mans. So here I was, dancing on my own at Flash, when I get approached by this tall, handsome man. Oh, maybe I'm in this story. (laughs) Um, He He chats me up. We buy each other drinks. We dance and we kiss. I ask if he's single. He says it's complicated. I immediately start losing interest because I'm not about guys on the rebound. He then proceeds to tell me he does erotic massage, which is complicated. I decide that that's cool. 
We then cross the street and get a room at Steamworks, and fuck, he pays. <clears throat> Ooh, my hole is puckering. Uh, we know. Oh my god. Uh, we start dating, at least what I consider to be dating. I learned that his erotic massage was a form of sex work, and this was currently his main form of income. He would meet up with strangers via internet or strangers he met at the bar for sexy times for cash. He would top, bottom, or massage his clients, really anything that seemed reasonable and always safe. He would secretly take Viagra, and he would do his best to come for all his clients to provide that full, intimate experience. To give you an idea, once his dick was so sore and beat from force coming for his clients that we weren't able to fuck. My boner instantly went away. Ooh, That's really sad. Anyway... I really liked him, and I was doing my best to respect and understand his life since I wanted to keep him around and treat him well. Oh, What I found so interesting was that I didn't mind him fucking other people. I just didn't like the idea of him being emotionally intimate with these people, hmm. despite it all being a performance. Perhaps it made me insecure about his authenticity around me. That's some good insight, person who wrote this. That, uh, that was your commentary? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. He would make some mad coin off his clients, $200 an hour. Easy, imagine. I decided to try it. I created a profile on Rent Boy website and uploaded some saucy pictures and videos of myself being saucy AF. I sort of cringe now looking back, but whatever, YOLO. I started getting massages. Oh, nope, messages from strange <laughs> people from the deep dark web wanting to have sex with me. Someone offered me $700 for two hours or so to hang out, watch a movie, and a bit of fun. I was like, fuck yes, let's do this. I jumped in an Uber to Union Station, jumped on a GO train all the way to buttfuck who knows where, then jumped on another bus that took me all the way to Peterborough. When I was on the train, the man sent me $400 via PayPal as confirmation. It was legit. But keep in mind, I had no idea what this guy looked like. Part of this sex work business is about serving others regardless of their appearance, obviously. It's about fulfilling their fantasy, not yours. If you were picky, you wouldn't have any clients, really, and most of them want to remain anonymous anyway, so you don't ask for pictures. I arrived at the Peterborough bus station and see this white dude with glasses, bald, in his mid I'm supposed to skip this description, actually. Um, <laughs> Do we have to cut that? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. He looked like a guy named Todd, if that helps with the imagery. That's all I needed. Yeah. I hugged him hello and introduced myself. I get in as I'm seated in the passenger seat. Seated? Strange Sorry. man. Seated territory? No, like, oh. breed it. Like, see, S-E-E-D. Oh, shit, 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 shit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Right, let's cut that. Or not. Um, this strange man stares at me without blinking and tells me how beautiful I am. I was like, oh, thank you so much. You're too kind. My intuition told me he was friendly, just kind of a weirdo. We pull up to a hotel nearby and we chill and chat in the hotel room. I wanted to kill time before feeling obliged to engage in any weird activity. So I asked him some questions about his life. I learned that he works at Walmart as a cashier. I learned that he has had rent boys in the past and that I'm much nicer. Then he starts describing his weird, strange-as-fuck fetishes, which predominantly include fast eyebrow raising and moving your eyes away and back as your head remains still. Go ahead, try it. Wait, away and back from where? From the focal point? Okay. No, your head, your head remains still. Your eyes are moving. Listeners can't, can't look at Ellie and I trying to <laughs> okay. Uh, this uh, The unpredictability and quickness of these movements really arouse him. I would raise my eyebrows up and down and look away and back at him at different speeds and intervals. Does this make sense? It was 
really odd, but he got off from it. To this day, I, it is really hard to describe, but I was there for the money, so I didn't give it too much thought. Fortunately, I didn't have to do this, didn't do much else. I let him touch me, and I had to lick his balls a little. He left eventually, and then I ate takeout food in my room. It was a Sunday night, and I had to work early the next day, so I commuted back to Toronto in the morning. What a mission, but I made $700. Ended up blowing it on two expensive shirts at Sandro, and regret it to this day. (coughs) I was all about the glamour at the time. Anyway, back to the sex worker I was dating. He was magnetic. I really admired his entrepreneurial spirit and how he chose to live his life a bit off the grids. He would cook me dinner, take me out. It was lovely. Lovely. But he would have to leave our dates early or cancel altogether to go meet his clients and I started to realize that he wasn't able to provide what I needed out of a relationship. I held on to him because I wanted to learn more about him but also more about myself and what I could endure. I'm very grateful to have met this person. I learned about sex work and how it is a legitimate form of work and also about how the fucked up stigma and work that goes into delegitimizing it. It's not for me in the end I think but I'm happy I tried and tested my boundaries. Anyway, keep doing you, and I encourage you to be vulnerable and liberated this Valentine's Day. Moi, hearts on face emoji, person who wrote it. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Very interesting. Um, What are your thoughts? Like, could you date somebody who is a sex worker, Thomas? No. For the same reason? Um, Yeah, I, yeah. I would say... It would be too hard for me. I, I wish that it wasn't. I wish my answer was yes, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it would play into my insecurity and and feeling like, I, I don't know, I, I sometimes, and this can be taken negatively and positively, but sometimes a little, I'm possessive of the people I'm with. Mm-hmm. And I want them to only be with me and I only want to be with them. Like that's, I know we're trying to, you know, monogamy is is the patriarchy or whatever. No, it's not. No, I would never say um, that. I would never say that. Have but I said it, that? It, no, no, no. I, okay. No, I was just like, I was mocking you in a stupid way. <clears throat> That's fine and fair. But um, I, I don't know. I, it is important to me, or at least now it's important to me. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I'm still, I want to try it one day, I think. I think I would like that. Try what? Uh, sex work. Um, oh. Although I think I maybe like, like, so I got some messages over the Christmas break and this one guy was like, $100 for me and my partner, which kind of seems cheap to me. That's way too cheap. Okay, thank you. Um, but then, and I was like, okay, like, that's too cheap. But, like, I would do, like, t- two or $300, which I've heard is also still too cheap. But my partner was like, I'm not doing it unless we get f- three, $2,000 each. Yeah. yeah. Why not? 2000 Who? Nobody. You're no, just not going to have clients. No, you're worth. I if they want you enough, they'll fucking pay for it. Listen, I wouldn't charge anyone that, <laughs> listeners. So just so we're just so we're it's aware. It's a capitalist society. Here we are. Yeah, I guess oink oink pig daddy. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I really I love uh, the personal experience of coming to um, sex worker appreciation and not having it been done through like social theory or through education you know like totally meeting a sex worker dating a sex worker totally seeing what goes into it um and that's how it gets destigmatized i that's awesome and i really like also that this person highlighted how um how much work it is yeah. to be a sex worker it's not as easy as as people think oh i can just fuck anyone and get lots of money no there's actually a lot of work involved including like 
perhaps bodily harm and traveling and totally there's an inherent danger that goes along with that um and it's such a vicious cycle because the more stigmatized it is the dangerous more dangerous it is but the dangerous part of the stigma right yeah oh yeah maybe i shouldn't said that you're right no 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 i like it's this is what how people talk about it right yeah um okay question for you mr mc shall we do um question time next sure sock it to me okay so i received a dm that i'm excited to toss out there um i encourage anyone listening if this speaks to you or if you're interested to speak back to it please reach out so somebody said uh hey i have a question um maybe you can put this in a podcast you can answer not necessarily for v-day but in general so i'm doing it now anyway um I think my brother is gay, but he won't come out. I think he thinks my family wouldn't be happy or something, but I am definitely supportive. How can I ask him without him getting offended? I really don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I did reply to that. Oh, you and, did? And maybe I'll just say what I said, and then we can talk about that if you agree or not. Okay. Um, but basically what I said to this person was, when I was in the closet, I remember people asking me, and I also got offended because yeah. I was so defensive and I wasn't ready to like hear that yet. Yeah. Um, to which this person was relieved to hear. They were like, oh, I like that that's a more universal experience. It's not just my brother. Like, And I was like, don't take it personally, obviously. Um, and also, sidebar, how how nice of a sibling is this? Beautiful. Like, like that brother is so fucking lucky. This Amazing. is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but then I basically went on to say, like, listen, what I, what I want to say and what, like, is the right thing discourse-wise for me to say is that your brother needs to come to this on his own. Yeah. And you can't force it. But then there's a part of me, like, I don't know the family situation, any of that dynamic that was different in my case, but had had my sibling approached me with that much care and love, it might have saved me years of being in the closet and mm-hmm. shame. Like there's a possibility. So basically what I said was like, you do know him best at the end of the day. And you know, if you can, if you might be able to circumvent years of suffering, if you just be like, sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts are a little bit more specific, please. But, um, First, I would need to know how the family actually feels about it. Because if it actually is a safe place... it's It doesn't sound like it's 100% a safe place. Not, I don't know the extent to which, but I think that one of the parent um, would not be okay. Right, okay. So I th- still feel like, as a blah-blah educator and whatever, and someone who likes to talk about their emotions, it's always best to learn from seeing. Mm. So if there's a f- conversation that could be facilitated with the parents not about the brother Mm. just about gay rights or queer rights or whatever if there's a conversation that can happen um either that he's just listening in on or a part of but not doesn't necessarily need to speak at Mm -hmm. um if the sister uh, sister brother yes person if the person can facilitate that that would be my number one uh, uh suggestion um and then and then maybe there's a blanket statement to the group. I don't know if there's other siblings involved or whatever that, hey, this family is a safe space. This family is open to learning. If if it, anything comes up in the future, the next thing I would say is that um, watch a movie. Put on a TV show that has a queer character. Every fucking TV show does now. It's beautiful. And then just like let that lead into a discussion about what you just watched and and what that character might be going through and what challenges they may have faced and how the brother feels about the challenges they may have faced. And that's a great way of like really opening the door and laying out the red carpet for him to come forward with anything. If he's comfortable, he will do that. If he's not, he won't. I absolutely love that. My one thing is that I find, 
like so okay so let's say they bring it up at the dinner table it's not about the brother they talk about gay people and one or two of the parents or family members is like actively homophobic yeah sometimes it's the case that when it's your own child you need to check that a little bit true and the rage will then be followed by love but if it's just about some random fag somewhere like true all they might see is bald face anger you know what i mean so then what this sibling can do is then immediately fight them on that fight that parent right be the ally in the room that's amazing yeah take on that and say what if it were me dad what if it were me that's so good yeah yeah tom that's so smart it's making me realize now when i was young my my mom and stepdad took me to Key West in Florida and walked me down the queer strip when I was like 13 and they were definitely just being like, huh? That's beautiful. Huh? That's really cool, Elliot. <laughs> what do you think? But my, yeah, no, that's... My that's... parents took me to church and locked me in the closet. <gasps> At church or the metaphorical closet or both? <laughs> I'm going to say both. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, Tom, what would your advice be to young Tom? <laughs> what would my advice be to young Tom? Yeah. Oh, we need a whole episode <laughs> for that a whole one. spinoff podcast series. <laughs> um, um, my advice, I, actually, I don't know if I played anything wrong growing up. I I got a, a shitty deal, I, not as shitty as many many people, but mm-hmm. I think I did all I could with what I was able to do. But. Yeah, you turned out fine. Um, what? That's the biggest <laughs> do lie. You mean of, that? The biggest lie of the decade, and it's. I mean, it's it's early. But. Do you have any Valentine's Day like sto- like? Do you have a, like a special Valentine's Day that's like cute or anything? In in my history, yeah. No, I literally can't remember because I was trying to go through old Valentines today, and I realized that I haven't had one in a really really long time. The last time I did have Valentine's Day I was on vacation, mm. and the time before that, which would have been, oh, there was that guy in Korea, yeah. um, would have been when I was in. In um, fuck, what was that play? A King Lear, mm. and it was our dress rehearsal, and I had like class all morning, lecture all afternoon, and then I had a, a, a an open performance at night of King Lear. So I had no time whatsoever, and King Lear's four hours, right? So I had no long t- no time whatsoever to see my my partner at the time. And so I said, well, we have to do something. We have to make something work. Like, and you know me, I'm very festive and horny. Yes. So I was like, come over, <laughs> come to the theater. Like, we'll find a space. Like, yeah, I'm getting my costume, I'm getting my makeup on, whatever. I'll, we'll like blow each other in an alley or something. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And so he comes and we like go, we find this, uh, thank you Ryerson for being a labyrinth. We like go to like underneath this stairwell and I just suck him off and I guess for some whatever reason he came out on my face fortunately it went right into my eye and I don't know if anyone's gotten cum in their eye before Elliot I have looking at me multiple times <laughs> so I sort of freaked out I like tried to dab it out and we tried to get rid of it but my eye was gone gone yep like pink and shut yep and so I had to go back up to makeup. My eyes watering hearing the story. Back up to really. makeup. And like they're like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. It might be pink. I'm not sure what's happening. They're like, you were fine ten minutes ago. Like There's probably cum crusted on? on your face. Like So I had to go out on stage and do this four hour performance, like with an encrusted eye, like red eye that was pain- so painful and wouldn't open. You know what? It might just be method acting for the time period because there was a lot more disease back then. You were just a regular plague-ridden peasant. <laughs> I was a royal. Oh, true. <laughs> Still, disease is indiscriminate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, 
That's that on that. Je- <laughs> Can I? St- yeah, okay. What? No, no, I, I love that. Disease is indiscriminate. Yeah. Um, I, I once jizzed in my boyfriend's eye pre his managing shift. Um, and then he had to work all shift squinting and like, like prying open his cum crusted eye. Oh boy. Yeah. So, so I'm not alone out there. You're not alone out there. That's good. And as you're talking, I'm realizing that I can't remember a single Valentine's day that my partner and I have ever celebrated. So cute. Yeah. I mean, they're always very you like that's very you in comparison with, with how I live my life. Right. And like, we tend to try and not make a big deal of it. I'm pretty sure one time I did, I did a Valentine's day scavenger hunt which was cute and i don't remember what it led to maybe my dick very possibly my dick cute oh i might have done that too one time anyway anyway we're rambling shall we jump into another story let's jump okay if you jump i'll jump jack why don't you jump first jill that's not what you were saying (laughs) (laughs) um uh, actually i think you should you want me to go again you're going to go again with a funny funny possibly sad okay so i haven't read this one so i wanted to read this one cold Oh, are you? Sh- are we sure that you're the best person to read cold? No, why don't you do it? <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Oh, <laughs> I clearly have no self-respect. And if you'd like to, you're more than welcome no, to. No, don't read it. I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> okay, listen to me. This is from an anonymous person. This is what I was going to read first out of order. Already, which just jumps right in. Okay. So it was my first time living with a boy. The move felt natural, albeit early, and we had a lot of fun together. However, near the end, things started getting a little paranoid as I became friends with people at work, some of which were also gay. This became a major fighting point most days for a while, but I tried not to let it impede my life. On a night out, one of these work friends, I became friendly with their date, and I entirely mean friendly, who was having a hard time with a few things in their life. Opening up to me, I decided to let them, I'm calling him sad gay, swing by my place once or twice. Oh, am I in another story? Yeah, you are actually. (laughs) Although he didn't say he was in an alley or anywhere near garbage, so... (laughs) Yeah, no, sorry. I don't think so. Confusing. Now who's bad at cold reading? Asshole. Cold read my dick right now. Okay, I'll come in your cold eye. So, okay, so sad gay swings by swings by this person's place uh, once or twice over the following weeks to smoke a joint and talk about the wonders of queer life. All the while, mind you, being very upfront about the relationship with my ex and not thinking much of it. Again, like two times over the course of weeks. So not a big deal. Things, then things started getting weird. A work friend has dropped by a few times to say hello and had noticed someone was um, less than one M on Grinder would be one meter mile. I don't know how Grindr. Um, I guess it would be. One mile. No, it would probably be meter. Meter. Yeah, that makes sense. Very short. Anyway, yeah. One, less than one meter away. You were on Grinder all day today. You yeah, I don't know numbers. I'm gay. <laughs> Look at the dicks. Like, fuck that. Um, okay, this person was less than um, one meter away on Grinder at my house. He actually inquired if it was me, but instead I started digging and found an old iPad of my ex's with Grinder installed. He also had Facebook and Twitter logged in as well. Going through his iPad, I was sure I was going to find just a lot of flirting and mindless dick pics. Instead, there was just one conversation. My ex and sad gay had been secretly chatting and meeting and doing the do for over a month. Always talking about how best to get me out of the picture. Ha 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 ha. Honestly, I was rage shaking at the time, but looking back, it was so funny how nonchalant they were. Later that evening, ex invited sad gay over to hang out. I, quote, went to sleep early and then, of course, came down moments later to them canoodling. 
Sadgate took off, and I told the ex we would talk in the morning. Ha ha ha. All very melodramatic. Do you like me going ha 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 like Siri? Um, I actually don't mind it. Ha 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 ha. Um, The whole thing spiraled out of control after that. I was able to piece together weird inconsistencies in his stories over the weeks after reading the messages. And after confronting him, I was living on my friend's couch shortly after. But all in all, I felt like I was being put through some terrible 90s prank show the whole time. From inviting a sad gay into my life out of pity to being parent-trapped out of my relationship. If Carrie Bradshaw started narrating my life after I found the iPad, I wouldn't have been the least bit surprised. And then they go, thank you. I needed to write that story out for a while. Hope you got a kick out of it. I did not get a kick out of that story. Horrifying. That was a roof story. Horrifying. Yep. I am so sorry, person that wrote that. Yikes. You're way better off. Way better off. If if I understand, like, X was current. Like, like this was... They were yeah. dating, and yeah. then he was fucking. Okay, yes. That's so sad. I know. How would you trust anyone ever again? I don't know. Tom, are you getting trust issues by proxy <laughs> from this story? <laughs> I feel like this is hitting you really hard. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Listen, trust issues are a thing. I will say, you know what? Why not? So go through your partner's phone. That's our Valentine's Day message. <laughs> <laughs> Invade all bra- all boundaries, no privacy. Um, everyone's lying to you. Right? That's not, not what I mean. <laughs> Happy not, Valentine's fuck you. Day. <laughs> fuck you, Elliot. No, that would be terrible. Just terrible. No, I just meant that, um, like, such as my relationship with Oz. Yeah. Is, we're going to call him Oz, right? So so we've just, we've coined your current partner's name being Oz. So my relationship with Oz, I it's really, it, it took a weird turn that I wasn't expecting. And I find things seeping in from old relationships was in, incredibly unfair to him and incredibly unfair to myself too mm. and i do need more therapy to deal with this but um yeah if it's hard if someone breaks your heart someone breaks your trust it's like it's hard to not expect that to happen again yes as crazy as that sounds yeah you're gonna reenact the trauma that you yeah. think is coming but the thing i mean you know this but like don't invite that same thing happening by obsessing about it. I know, what a stupid thing to do. Like exactly. It'll, it'll or expecting it is even worse because then that's actually incredibly rude to Oz. Exactly. For me to be like, well, you might do this. It's like, what? No. no. I mean, it's probably obvious to everyone. Like, it's just, you're protecting yourself and you haven't felt this way in a while and it's exciting and nerve-wracking to let your guard down, right? It, it's funny. When it all started, I felt like I, like, I'm such a damn cover yours jesse like i feel like sometimes i'm such a jesse and like i like plan things out step by step things that are impossible to plan Mm -hmm. and so i saw a certain way that this is going and it's took taking this like weird fucking u-turn and i wasn't prepared for it even though i should have been because i'm i'm such a a loony but yeah i mean i saw this truck coming from a couple miles away (laughs) less than one one meter away um you're, you're not doing anything wrong. I just think I you don't need think so. to relax because everything is fine. Okay, but I don't know how to relax and you know that. And by you telling me to relax is an attack. Yeah, I also like, I, I hope that you infer from my words that everything is wrong and you should panic. <laughs> and you should definitely check Grinder on your partner's phone. So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Truly. It's usually the partner. This has been a terrible talk. That was terrible talk with Thomas. What do you um, have next? Wait, that was a rude... Like, I shouldn't have said that. Things with us are great. I'm very happy. I'm in love. I can't wait for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I know. You sound like there's no gaskets about to blow in or around you. No, stop it. There isn't. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I just love to get your goat. Get my goat some other fucking time, all right? This is a, this is a joyous week. Happy Valentine's Day. Read me a story. Okay. 
Um, actually, I have a poem for you. Ready? Oh, yeah. Because fuck stories sometimes. Stories, yeah. Ah, a very special Valentine's Day poem. And this was, of course, sent to us by Matt Sweet, creator of Facts, Fid, Fibs, and Fairy Tales. The Factual Fairy himself. Our daughter podcast. Daughter pod. Ooh. Um, so are you ready for it? Yeah. It's called First. Um, and so Matt Sweet got a little high and wrote a little poem, a Dickwick exclusive original piece. Um, Matt Sweet would like me to read it in an Ursula the Sea Witch <laughs> with a whimsical Kimmy Schmidt vibe. Can you? Are you gonna? I don't know. You I don't have know. That to. seems pretty specific. Matt, and I'm that sick. Was amazing. So my voice isn't at its best. Near decades ago in a city like this, two boys named Matt discovered true bliss. One was a maker, the other made dances, and soon they were trading smoldering glances. Nervous but willing, they shed all their clothes, and whispering tried out a sexual pose. The condom was backwards, and the dick soon deflated, but eventually they learned how to fuck till elated. Days turned to weeks, and they developed a knowing, peeling back layers, their intimacy growing. The dancer knew love and showed it with glee. The other did his best, but broken was he. With oh, you're another story, Tom. And kindness, they learned how to love. Fuck you. Fighting, fucking, not fighting. Peaceful as doves. The sex was amazing. Sweaty and raw, passionate, deep, with nary a flaw. As months turned to years, they built a real home. They painted their bathroom the color of foam. Their space was a place of emotion so deep, until the maker unmade them after darkness did creep. Unknown to the dancer, the maker got lost, thinking perhaps that first love has a cost. What if true love didn't feel like this felt? What if instead this magic could melt? He panicked and worried that he needed more. He needed to know more. There were options for him, other asses to adore. He tried, it's true. But he soon made a decision, which led to the mat's untimely division. But first love is tricky, like drowning in muck. Despite being broken, they continued to fuck. Till the dancer at last said, no more, I cannot. And broken in truth were these beautiful thoughts. Near decades ago, these matters unfolded. Hardship and strife, each mat has been molded. But the maker remembers the feel of his chin when spooned up beside the dancer's warm skin. The lesson, if there is one, is you can't ever go back. So be certain your first doesn't have something you lack. Oh my god. I, I'm speechless. Yeah. Matt, that was amazing. Tom, that, that voice was, really was amazing. I just thought he was trying. Wow, I would like all of our correspondence with Matt Sweet to exclusively be in, poem. in poetry. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to re- reply with a poem. I would be happy to do that if you'll allow me to. Of course, I'll allow you. Um, that's really sad. Yeah, that is really sad. I could actually cry from that. Yeah. Huh. Um. Okay. Joy. Joy. Do you have any joy? Uh. Well, I, well, I have a. I have a funny sex story. Is that close to being joyful? Oh, yeah, baby. Sock it to me. Okay, I'll sock it right to you. Um, I would like to say... the floodgates open. I would like to say before I say this story, I don't know if I've ever actually said this before, but I, like my partner, Timothy, that I've been dating for a really long time, I think I downplay 
how much I care about him on this podcast because I always focus on the funny sex stories. Right. Um, and and I just want to flag that I'm not, in fact, a, a soulless monster. Um, <laughs> I would say you don't talk about Timothy a whole lot. I don't. Yeah. Um, but now that you're in a relationship, I feel less bad, too. So that might happen more. Okay. Is that, is that fine? Wait, you felt bad talking about Timothy because well, I was alone I, and sad? Exactly. I'm okay. not going to be like, oh, last night and the night before and the night before I spent it with the love of my life and we did this and that. Are you fucking kidding me? That's all you've ever done for the <clears throat> six years you've, I've known you. Off air. <laughs> Not on the podcast, Thomas. (laughs) So, without further ado, I have a story. Um, I can't wait. Pay me a picture. Can I interrupt with questions? Please, just just rain your questions down on me. Shower me with cues. I will shower you with cues. Cues, please. P's and cues. Listen to me. We were at the airport. Uh, Timothy and I were at the airport. I probably... I'm not going to continue this part of the story because it might be too identifying. Um... Flash forward. I don't think it is. Okay, well, we met a guy on Grindr um, at the airport, and uh, this person um, came over after after a very sexually charged exchange on Grindr. Okay. And um, Timothy and I decided that we'd kind of, like, step out of our comfort zone with this and just really try and lean into um, being doms. Uh, so we were just saying shit that we, like, promises that I don't think we could have ever fulfilled but we were just gonna say them and they were hot and fun um we may have mentioned wait 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 so oh okay go on you're gonna so example so what was supposed to happen was uh this person would uh come into our apartment the door would be unlocked they would find Timothy and I naked uh sitting in the apartment and then they would just immediately drop through their knees suck our dick we would like dominate them um smell pits and piss play the whole thing would uh-huh. have happened um, uh-huh. oh. are you just dropping your phone in anticipation yes <laughs> so okay so that mostly happened so this person comes over and do you want to give him a name uh yeah let's name him um uh marina 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 yes and you and your partner were the diamonds me and timothy were the diamonds okay. yeah and fruit is her album um <laughs> so this person comes in and timothy and i are sitting totally flaccid and we accidentally realized as soon as this person walked in that we were watching the luca magnata documentary you're so fucking weird i hate you which is probably horrifying to walk into an apartment we turned it off this guy drops to his knees starts sucking our dicks and i immediately realized that I don't like anonymous sex. Yeah. Um, I can't not say hello to someone. I like a bit of backstory. Um, sprinkle me with, with some of your life and then I'll get hard. And this was just like, it was too much for me. Yeah. But I felt bad because I b- delivered all these fucking promises. So this guy's sucking my soft dick. And I'd also, because I'm a gentleman and knew I was engaging in piss play, chugged four liters of water prior to this event. Um, <laughs> as you do. Jesse, I can't believe you have your text on. And listen, please Jesse, don't judge fuck. me. Please don't judge me after this story. Who are you talking to right now? Fair me? listeners. No, not you. <laughs> you fucking demon. I want your judgment. Um, yeah, listen. Okay, so chugged four liters to make sure I didn't have like that like like nutty kind of piss, you know? No. You know. No. Like, you, like I want a clear pee. Oh, okay. Clear to, pee. Okay, to yeah, have yeah. piss play with. Um, I, see, I prefer like a, a a yellow pee to piss play with, and I should not have said that out loud. You need to jump on this bandwagon <laughs> with me. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Okay. So, as I'm as I'm getting blown, I'm realizing like 
if we don't start the piss play now, like I will just start You're pissing. You're going to start peeing, yeah. which she probably wanted. Honestly, probably, but I don't have rubber anything. Right. Like, so it had to be in the, in the bathtub. Right. So I was like, hey, I don't mean to kill the mood, but like, we need to go in the bathtub right now. So this dude still hasn't said anything, not a single word. Um, I know nothing about this human being. <laughs> crouching on his knees in front of me. Uh, and Timothy is standing. So like, okay, so the shower curtain's pulled back. Yeah. He's on his knees where the faucet is. I'm standing. And then Timothy is standing with his hands on his hips, like outside of the tub, facing us, watching this tableau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I proceed to piss. And I would like to say when I engage in piss play, the the times that I have, it's like hot when it like splashes on your body or like if someone were to piss in an asshole, let's say. Love that. I'm not super of the camp of like drinking piss. Get that it's your thing. Okay. I'll let it splash in my mouth. Okay. This person immediately. <laughs> For, I need to, like, I really appreciate your vulnerability and candor right now. Um, I can't believe some of the things I say on this show. I'm just going to keep <laughs> on rolling. Um. I when I start pissing, this guy puts my dick just right in his mouth and yeah. starts chugging like, like a thirsty person who's come a ho- like upon a garden hose in summer. Oh, it was my like oh, oh, oh my and like four liters of chugged water and gulping it down, gulping and gulping and gulping. And there's almost at this point oh, nothing erotic. Lord. I say almost because there's still like three naked people. Like if there's but like I'm, I'm having an out of body experience watching this happen. Um, and the noise is just something else for me. What was Timothy doing? Timothy? Okay, so I'll get to Timothy. Okay. So uh, at a certain point, he's chugged too much, and he starts to puke the piss back up onto oh, himself. Oh, Jesus Christ. As will happen. Um, there's sputtering. There's coughing. There's just now I'm now I'm just free pissing, and it's just all over his body. <laughs> right at that exact moment that he puked my piss up, Timothy decided to join. So Timothy starts pissing. So now this poor guy has a stream of piss hitting the side of his face as he's vomiting up my piss all over him. Why would Timothy do that? Because that just seemed like the logical thing. Like, what else are you gonna do, right? Um. So then I also get the sense that, and I and I I'm just guessing here, but I get the sense that this person would have liked to not have showered after that experience and have just jumped right into sex. Um. To which I just turned the shower on and like washed him. Still haven't said anything. We still haven't spoke. In. Uh. Then we go to the bed and proceed to kind of fuck and then stop and then fuck and finish um and then cuddle and uh i just couldn't i just couldn't get the sound out of my head necessarily and the I, gulping and puking the sounds? gulping and the puking sounds yeah and like i'm telling the story not to laugh at this person i don't like i'm just saying like i i placed myself in a situation that i could not deliver in and also i'm in no way a dom <laughs> ever at all like i couldn't even play that off well um and then the night ended with um, with us talking about our, br- our breakup. So, tr- truly horrifying. Wait. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I, I, we still hadn't said anything and I needed to make conversation. So I started rambling about breaking up with our recent polyamorous boyfriend um, to the guy that had just vomited my puke, my piss back up all over himself. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So thoughts, notes. Um, um, okay, a few thoughts, yeah. a few notes. Number one, I'm really I'm really proud of you. Why? That you just, like, went ahead and fucking did that. Uh, told it or did it? Uh, bo- uh, both. <laughs> both um, 
were very brave. Thank you. Things to do. Thanks. Um, four liters of water. That's mm-hmm. a commitment. Yeah, I drank two. Like I filled up two empty pot bottles with water. Like I, I would never have had the like forethought to do something like that. So I just appreciate that you would put in like you know. Like it's this, it's reminiscent of you douching for three and a half hours yesterday. It's like I commit. It's like you commit to the act. I fully commit, and I I should say coming out the other side of this. I was also oh, is a, that the uh, metaphor we want to use? Coming out the other side <laughs> of it. I um coming back up, <laughs> spitting up on this on this uh, event. Regurgitating. I, <laughs> upon regurgitation, I do think maybe that I was just in a weird place, and I'm not saying that I would never try that again, and I'm not saying there's anything inherently like wrong about the situation it was just like oh you had something to prove i had something to prove yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean yeah, and I, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah. not the right thing i, I feel bad like yeah, 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 yeah. you know yeah, yeah. So, so so the door's not closed on drinking piss forever the urethra is not closed the urethra remains open yes. to this day <laughs> 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 that's me and my one woman broadway show <laughs> there's Every, only cats in the audience <laughs> <laughs> with bowls ready everyone support me <clears throat> tom how are you feeling zany i'm feeling silly i'm feeling oh. silly i think it's time to end let's do a double rainbow for let's week. do a double rainbow do you, one? you go first please all right um my good friend kevin got us tickets to a um a movie on thursday night called and then we danced um and it was uh, the best movie i've seen in a really long time it was like call me by your name but like with stakes and like important um political things to say wow um uh, it's about two dancers in georgia the country which is um just south of the russian border um and them falling in love and well i won't talk anymore about it but it's really really great i suggest everyone watch it it's actually on the whole thing's on youtube you can watch it um, it's called And Then We Dance, but it just like transported me. It transported me. It was an excellent queer story that was like, I don't know, told really well and the actors were incredible. And the movie got a lot of um, flack because it was actually filmed in Georgia where it's very not cool to to be a queer person of any sort. And so they had like fake scripts that they would pass out when they were on set. Oh wow! And like the like there were protesters that caught wind, and they would have to move locations like in the blink of an eye to like just they would just have to move. Um, and the when it the movie finally opened, like there was fr- it was t- tons of protesters that were trying to shut it down. And in fact, since then the the main actors are not allowed to go back into this country. Oh my god! And their families are in. Um, in the, being Georgia? protected as well. Oh shit! So it's like just quite a huge deal that sort of like sort of amps up the importance of this storytelling. Um, but it was, and, and on top of it all, it was an ama- it was an incredible movie. Um, oh wow! Definitely cried my eyes out. Cannot wait to see that. Yeah. What's it called again? And then we and then we danced. And then we danced. Wow! Yeah. I've actually watched it twice. I watched it with Oz again on the weekend. Oh, okay. I can't wait. Yeah. Where can we find it? Literally on YouTube. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's much more profound than mine. Um, I went to see the new Harley Quinn movie. Oh, I really want to see that. I really liked it. Um, I've heard some people not like it, but I don't care. As far as DC goes, it was fucking great. Um, DC, you could like watch a pile of shit on the curb and it'd be the best DC movie you've ever seen. That's fair. You could watch a guy puke your piss up and it's the best DC movie. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, I heard that's the plot of Suicide Squad too. I would watch that. 
and star in it. No, but it's really good. It's um, it's a female director and just watching the way that she was objectified and sexualized in Suicide Squad versus the way that her character plays out in this is fucking amazing and worth it. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. That's all I got. I guess thanks everyone for writing in your V-Day stuff. Yeah. We appreciate it. Happy V-Day. Happy, Happy Q-Day. V-Day. From one salmon fella to the next. <laughs> Just nothing. That's it. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Do you queer? 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 Do you que